You're listening to Access and Expand, conversations that offer you access to information that expands your mind. I'm your host, Tiffany Curran. So just the thought of vulnerability makes my body feel really warm in a way that's uncomfortable. Um, It doesn't feel like joy or safety or any of those things. It's very new for me to be able to even lean into the idea. And um, I wrote a post about it. And the post basically talked about how when I was in Hilton Head last week, um, I couldn't hide. You know, I spend most of my life working or sitting on the couch with my dogs or running errands, just keeping myself really busy. And um, I never, I never really allow myself the space to like, uh, I don't even know what the words are, like just be really in an understanding of what it feels like to be intimate. And intimate always implies like sexuality. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like being able to be a real friend or show up in any relationship Um, intimacy with my parents, meaning like my ability to open to them and be honest with them and like have a soft, raw heart um, is something I can't do. So when I was away, I had to sort of face the anger that came up around that, the anger of not being able to to hide, to run away from the feelings and run away from, like, I don't even know, like yielding maybe. I had to deal with those feelings. So I was away, and it was really hot. I don't do well in the heat. And I also really need very strong, structured boundaries for my life. So I need to know when we're doing what, like, What time are we leaving? What time are we coming back? What time is dinner? You know, who's going where? Okay, so that's the first thing. And um, my husband was the opposite in the way he was raised, in the way he lives his life. Like he, he's like fly by the seat of his pants. His children, who were with us, two of them were with us, are also like very much like him. Like they're sort of like, okay, we'll do that or we won't, right? But I need structure. And the reason that I need structure is because I was raised in an environment where I didn't have structure and where what was going to happen, which was supposedly like planned, would change. So what that would look like, and I remember like very distinctly, I was going to uh, the movies with my friends and we were not old enough to drive. So my mom was driving us. Um, so it was me and two friends and the friends weren't at my house yet. And let's say the movie was at like 4 PM or something like that. As I'm waiting for my mom to pack the car so we can go pick up my friends to go to the movies a few towns away in a town called Wayne. Um, she was like, Oh, we're, we're running late. I'm not going to be able to go. And I was like, what? <laughs> like my friends are waiting. She's like, well, we're never going to make it. So here I am preparing, planning, and hoping excitedly to go to the movies with my two friends, who I also didn't want to let down, and then we weren't going. And I was like, I don't understand, and I went into this whole dialogue, the drama, 
I had a lot of drama through most of my life. I'm, I've been called very dramatic by my parents and my brother. Um, so, you know, I was like, but mama, and I start pleading my case. And then she's like, you know what? All right, it's fine. They'll, you know, they have previews and we can go. So then we, of course, did. And we got there a little late. It was fine. The feeling of not knowing if it, we're going or we're not, not knowing if it's yes or it's no, is really uncomfortable. And it makes it really hard for me to trust her word, like my mom's word or whoever, right? Anyone, I'm just using my mom as an example. Mom, I'm sorry. You were the most prominent person in my life, so obviously I use you for a lot of examples. Um, but when someone says they're going to do something and they're not, and then they are and then they're not, and I'm depending on them, it feels uncomfortable. So I'm um, speaking about myself. I'm always very like, I always, I'll cancel if I don't feel like doing something. But I only do that when I'm not being depended on. So if I was like going to go to the beach for the day by myself and I didn't feel like going, I wouldn't go. But if I was going to bring people, I would go. Okay. So let's go back to Hilton Head. So I'm in Hilton Head and um, I don't go to the beach. I don't really get tan. I'm not like a heat person. We have a history of skin cancer, so I try to stay out of the sun. So I'm more of like the type of person that uh, explores, goes on bike rides, like goes to the grocery store. I know it sounds silly, but there's something about going to an unfamiliar grocery store that feels really nice. Just familiarizing myself with the territory. Um, so that's kind of what I'm, I do. And when I did as a child, I would go with my parents, right? Or when I was married, my ex-husband, we would go with his cousins and we'd all go down when we, before we were married. We always had a plan. We always went out to dinner or we went out to breakfast or we went to the grocery store and cooked. But there was like um, a sort of a, an idea of what was happening. Um, even we went to the Outer Banks. Um, someone else, not my husband's sister, I got divorced. And we someone made dinner every night. We were going to the beach at a certain time. You know, like there, I just like that. And I know it's very rigid and inflexible, but that's... I've come to terms with that 49, almost 50. That's where I am. So um, the first two days that we were away, nothing was happening. Like, we would go to the pool where they, the kids and my husband would go to the beach. And I was reading, but it was, like, really hot. And we weren't going out to dinner. We were just trying to save some money and not go out to dinner. And the kids really didn't want to get dressed up to go be waited on at a dinner table. I understand that. I wanted to respect that it was their time too. But I felt really uncomfortable because nothing was familiar to me except for our house. Um, I had lost all the comforts that I'd associated with being there, um, like the restaurants, the driving around, going to the grocery store, like all these. It's so silly. But it's not because it's my safety. So I, uh, in a previous Instagram post, I think it was a few days ago, I wrote about fear of missing out, and fear of missing out to me is bullshit. We feel like we should be somewhere when we're not there, but I think it's normally because we really don't want to be there, right? But we're, we feel like we're missing something, but if we wanted it, we wouldn't miss it. So for me, I was driving around the island going like to the grocery store and like whatever, I don't even know, coffee, like I was getting a juice and just driving around. And I was like, I should, should be doing more because I'm at the beach. I should be laying at the beach all day. I should be doing all the beachy things, renting like boats and stuff. But then I realized it's my vacation. And all that it means is that I should have, should, sorry, I 
my, my point was to experience joy and feel good about being there. So once I came to terms with that, I was like, you know what, I'm going to make this vacation the vacation that I want. And I can do it on my own terms. I don't have to have everybody on board. And so I went to the grocery store. <laughs> but um, I got really angry. I got really angry because I didn't feel safe. Because I didn't feel like I had anyone with me doing my routine. I didn't feel like anyone had my back. That's not the truth, but that's how it felt. So when everyone was going to the beach and I didn't want to go... Instead of just saying, well, they want to go, they go. I felt hurt. I felt that they had left me behind. And I felt like I didn't have anyone there for me who understood me or wanted to share the experience of vacation with me, which brought me into this space of understanding my own intimacy and vulnerability. So I'm driving and I'm like angry, like, you know, cursing in the car, yelling angry at nobody, just trying to get the feelings out. I didn't have the space to do breath work. And um, I was just mad. And uh, it was brewing, and it was just really uncomfortable. And when I released all the anger, I was allowed to open to tears. I, I, I allowed my body the space to cry and to really feel the sadness of loss, of never feeling safe, of having like a really unstable dynamic in relationship from when I was a child there was no safety in my relationships um, there was no sense of being able to trust that my mom's word or my dad's word was like I don't want to say true but it was always changing and it was like if I got upset over it it was like oh Tiffany stop being so dramatic what's the big deal so I really never felt honored and um, it wasn't until I had my own child that I was able to make the choice to honor all that. And like with my son, I remember if I said I was buying him something, I was, even if I realized it was a bad idea. If I said we were leaving, we were leaving. And if I said we were going, we were going. So all that sort of, just shut this off, all that um, definitely, you know, gave me the, opportunity to see the other side to see what it felt like to be to have your truth confirmed I guess right so back to this whole idea of vulnerability I sat and I cried and I was like what do I do with this now how do I express this to my husband that I'm really upset and uncomfortable with the situation knowing we had many more days ahead and also expressing that in a way that wasn't hurtful to him when he really didn't do anything wrong right it just didn't match what I was accustomed to or comfortable with. And so I remembered back to the week prior when I met up with a very good friend of mine named Stacy, and I had talked to her about like opening to being soft. Like I'm so, I'm so rigid and um, my chart that Chris Phipps read said like, you know, I have this very strong masculine energy and that doesn't mean not girly. It just means like, like masculine energy is very like, I feel like blocking, I shouldn't say blocking, but very like strong, very protective. And she said like, you know, and I don't want to share too much about what she said, but one of the things she said was like, but if you don't allow it in, you can lose it, right? So if you don't allow love in, if you don't allow trust in, you can lose it. 
which, you know, I think the biggest fear is I'm going to lose it, right? I, if I express my love in an open, honest way, I'm going to lose that. And so um, she had said that. And when Chris had done my chart, we were talking, he also had mentioned, like, you know, it's really hard. He had said to me, it's really hard to be in that safe, vulnerable place, especially after not drinking. And I was so used to drinking to, like, mask that. Not being able to drink changed it a lot. So um, so those two things combined were sitting in my head, and I started to go back to what is this all about? It's all about when I was a kid, and I would be made fun of. So I remember the first time I put on too much makeup. I had no idea. It was, like, the 80s, I think. So it was all, like, blue mascara, blue eyeliner. And I was getting dressed for a dance, and I felt really beautiful. And my dad said, like, you look like a clown. Take that shit off your face. So here I am going out, feeling beautiful, feeling like I really did a good job. And my father, one of my God figures, is telling me I look stupid and like a clown, take it off. I remember times where I would be really excited and in my power and joy, and I'd laugh, and I'd be told, shut up, oh my God, you're so loud. And I also remember very specifically... Um, I was in the Outer Banks with someone I was dating and two other couples. And we were just hanging out. I think we were playing cards. And I laughed about something. And one of the guys, whose name I won't mention, saw me. He was he knew me for years. Saw my side profile and started to laugh and said, is that your nose? Like, is that, you look, it looks like a witch's nose. Is that your nose? Oh, my God, it looks fake. It's so big. And uh, the guy I was dating at the time didn't say anything, but the other guy in the house was like, what are you kidding me? Like, she's beautiful. And he really stood up for me. But he didn't take away the shame that was associated with feeling like, here I am in my light, feeling my joy. And someone came in and, like, stepped on that. And the thing is that if I didn't believe it, it wouldn't have had the same effect on me. So for me, if you told me I have awful hair. I wouldn't be offended because I love my hair. But when you make fun of my big nose, which has always been an issue for me, I was made fun of it as a kid. Um, and I've never really come to terms with it, um, with how my nose looks. Um, it was really, really just crushing. Um, also as a kid, I have veneers, porcelain veneers. As a kid, I had these like soft chalky teeth. And I used to get made fun of for them. And th those feelings stay with me. You know, I've released a lot of pain during breath work. I've released some big trauma. But those little ones, I still have to work on, apparently, because they still have some power. Um, so, you know, I was like, what am I afraid of in my marriage or with my stepchildren that I'm protecting myself from? Like, I'm protecting myself from love. Right? I'm protecting myself from the softening of letting them see the parts of me that are maybe not the best parts, that are controlling and rigid and maybe not so pretty. And the fear is that they won't accept me for those parts. They'll make fun of me for those parts. They won't want to be around me. They'll see my weakness and my, you know, cracks um, but I had been really thinking about it and processing it, and the full moon was coming, and so I chose to lean into the energy of release, trust that my 
guiding friends, Stacy and Chris, knew something in that maybe their conversations and the timing was spirit-led. And I went back to our house. I was alone, went back to our house and said to my husband, this is how I feel. And I told him all the stuff, which was very vulnerable and very intimate. So again, intimacy doesn't just mean sexuality, intimacy and sexuality. Intimacy means trusting someone enough to open up and share the darker parts of your soul. Share the stuff that's scary and might not be accepted. Um, And so I did that and it was really hard and really scary. And I did it in the best way that I could, still a little bit on guard, but I, you know, felt like the lions, like sort of walking in front of me, right? Like the guards protecting me. And I just started to let them sleep, like just let it go. And um, so, you know, I have a lot of people in my life who are really unkind. Um, there are people in my family who think it's okay to make fun of me. They think it's funny. I don't think it's funny. It's really hurtful. I don't think... Teasing is fun or funny or interesting for anyone who's being hurt, and I don't do it. So, you know, there's still that, and I still feel that there's some guard around that. Um, But mostly I just try to allow myself the space to just disengage, like when it's happened, because that was easier to disengage from. You know, it's so obvious when someone's making fun of me, I can disengage and say, like, I'm not going there, I'm not receiving it, this is about them. But when it's, a, when it's like about opening to be truly trustful of a relationship, trusting that I won't be destroyed by my honesty, that's harder. So I did that this weekend. And after I did that, I felt the softening. I felt the, the, the I don't know what the word would be, it felt like, just collapsing into like a big beanbag chair, you know. So when I wrote about it, um, I wrote about anger being like this powerful emotion. And I think it's powerful because, number one, it's, it's a, so it's a boiling point of sadness, right? Um, Erin Telford had mentioned in a class I did with her that anger is a boiling point on the pot of sadness, right? So, um, but it is very protective and very defensive and very, like, blocking. And so it's easy for me to stay in my anger because it's, like, power, even though it's hurtful and it breaks down relationships and all those things. It's still something that I'm going to as a reaction, which I think in time, as I continue to work through it, will start to dissipate and I'll start to soften. Um, I've softened a lot in my drama. But um, I'm wondering, you know... I wasn't going to talk about this today. I was going to talk about dogs and how dogs are so magical in our lives and how they change things for us and my three adopted dogs. But um, when I posted about this, I got a lot of people saying, I've been through this, I'm going through this, I feel this, this is the week for it, you know. And so I wanted to make sure that I had some more context behind it because I try to write clearly and fit it all into the little block that Instagram allows. Um... So I hope this is sort of fleshing out what it looks like. And I think if you, if I were to uh, describe how it would look in a cartoon, I'd be like, you know, hair standing on end, like red face, like scrunching, jaw, 
and like, you know, fists in, in balls. That's how it feels in my body. And then it starts to feel like really intense. And I feel like I have to just scream. Um, and so, you know, I've been, been living this way for my entire life. Um, from as young as I remember, I was ignored when I was crying and called dramatic. I never really felt the level of comfort that I would have liked to feel in my expression of anger or disappointment. And so, um, you know, that imprints in the body, and there's a lot of work that I have to do to shift that. Um, so, yeah, and I think I said something like, you know, I feel like a cranky child when I'm in that space. It doesn't feel like I'm adulting. <laughs> but, you know, being in, in the low country with gators and Spanish moss and really thick air and the sound of, you know, like crickets and stuff like that, it just it shifts everything. I'm so, such an East Coast girl and I'm so cement in my approach to life that that softening of pluff mud um, also works into the body, I think. So I feel like ahead, I need to stay on track and really recognize when I'm saying no to opening, saying no to vulnerability and kindness, saying no to accepting compliments and having people take photos of me, and just starting to really stay in the space of allowing the tears over the anger. So I'm not sure how this fits for you or if it resonates with you, but if I'm speaking in a way that's understandable for you, here's what I can say. Letting go of control and of anger and of, you know, having to have it always be according to your standards is really hard and really scary. And it can feel like the floor is dropping out from under you. I understand that. And I believe you can do your own thing. You know, you can make your life what you want it to be. But in terms of relationships, when you have good, solid, loving relationships, yielding to them and allowing the love in with the potential of getting really hurt and the potential of being turned away, the potential of being ignored or made fun of, with all that present, it's still worth doing. Because if you don't get turned away, made fun of, laughed at, or hurt, you get this beautiful, real healing love that allows you the space to be yourself. So I welcome you to, or I invite you to give it a try. <laughs> Allow yourself to open. And if you need a little assistance, I have a free seven-minute breathwork recording that I can send you. You can just shoot me an email. My email address is tiffany at tiffanycurran.com. Send me an email and ask for it. And when you start to feel that boiling point, that anger coming up, take the step to trust yourself and lay down and do seven minutes of breath allow anything that needs to come up to come up and notice if you soften and if you don't keep going
because it's taken me years. <laughs> but it's better than not, right? So it's like maybe it's not going to happen tomorrow, although it might. But it's going to happen if you continue to try. But if you continue to turn away from facing the discomfort and the fear and all of that, if you decide to mask like I did for many years with substances, not feel, not express, you're not going to really have that full extension of growth and the full extension of love. And um, it's, it still feels a little scary for me, but it feels also much kinder and much more loving to be in a world that I know I can express myself and um, have it be received. Thank you for listening to Access and Expand the Conversations with Tiffany Karen. If you like this, please go ahead and share the link.